0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The False Nines. This is the 45th episode of a bi-weekly footballing discussion. I am your host, Zach Pensack, and my my typical co-host Adam Goffin away on a much needed vacation with his delightful family today. So I've brought in my ringer. I've brought in my my late game substitute with my impact sub, my super sub, Graham Bell. Graham, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. How are we doing?
0: We're doing well. Bright and early here in Denver, Colorado. So, just woke up, have my have my Chewbacca mug with my coffee in it. So, I'm feeling I'm feeling alive and well.
1: How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It is the middle of the afternoon here. So, I don't have coffee. I have beer instead. I'm, I'm joking. Well, I don't. I
0: <laughs> so, I mean, throughout throughout this whole work from home, you know, extension period, I, I think that I think that beer, the, the the time in the afternoon that that alcoholic beverages has been allowed has slowly gotten earlier and earlier. Um, I have it
1: with my frosties in the morning now. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's
0: nice yeah. Pour pour your bowl of Wheaties, put in a little bit of uh, brown ale, and then you're good to go. <laughs> oh man, well well welcome Graham. And uh, you know, I know that you have been a longtime contributor on the fall or on Coming Home Newcastle, both uh writing incredible articles for the webpage as well as contributing on their podcast, but with this being your first Appearance on the False Nines. Uh, If you if you wouldn't mind just giving a little introduction on yourself uh, to uh, my my loyal band of listeners, uh, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, no worries. Well, I'm Graham, obviously. Um, Yeah, I've been coming home Newcastle for I don't know a long time now. I think three years, four years, three years, something like that. And um, been a supporter all my life, season ticket holder and yeah i just like ranting and raving about them basically there it is yeah perfect
0: yeah Yeah. that that's really that's really the uh kind of the core commonality between all the people that (laughs) that we have uh in, in, in the coming home Newcastle family is a bunch of a bunch of raving lunatics about a a, a mid
1: table side. <laughs> that's, that's what they do, do you? It's just it's just mad. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's like for other clubs, but honestly Newcastle is just it, it drives you insane, but in a good way. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah it's it's uh it's it's a dance with the devil that seems yeah. to never ever end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah Mike Ashley is the devil exactly yeah, yeah. O-
0: only only to be replaced with a an equally if not more so morally reprehensible figure who you know might 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 make the fortunes of the club a bit sweeter than they are today. So we, do, we don't have to go into the ethical dilemma that Newcastle faces. This <laughs> is too early for me. Kind of <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we can do that on a, a much different platform. Uh, but, but yeah, so Graham, so happy to have you on today. So happy to have... Uh, I believe you are the first actual Newcastle native uh, or resident that I've ever had on The False Nine. So this is wow. me taking a step to... From, from my early days two years ago doing this podcast with a, a Chelsea fan friend of mine, I've slowly and surely migrated it to being a Newcastle podcast. So my, my, my two-year scheme is almost complete.
1: <laughs> Get rid of the Chelsea fans. Ugh.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been on one recently since the Timo Werner signing of just being so angry about them buying all the best young prospects in
1: Europe. Yeah, it's, uh, I I I'm sorry but don't particularly like Chelsea.
0: Yeah, me as well. All right, well, another can of worms that we don't need to open uh, today. Uh well, for for the podcast today, the 45th episode, as I mentioned, we are going to run through a few different things. Uh, We're gonna start with uh, an EPL uh, restart update. Um, So project restart all but finalized at this point in time, Uh, we'll then actually kind of touch on an article that both Graham and I contributed to on the Coming Home Newcastle page, where we, uh, all the staff writers discussed their ideal Newcastle formation for Project Restart. Uh, From there, we'll go into Newcastle's fixtures coming out of this three-month break. Um, We'll then do predictions on the EPL awards that are coming up at the end of the season. And then close it off with 10 and 90. So um, with Adam gone, we are blessed without having to talk about the Welsh language today, which is something that I've been waiting for for a long, long time. Uh, (laughs) All right, so everything sound good to you, Graham?
1: Yeah, sounds amazing, mate.
0: All right. Delightful. Um, okay. So we'll start with project restart. So, um, in, in the past couple weeks or so, since our last recording, uh, as I mentioned, project restart all but finalized, uh, matches will begin on Sunday, June 21st. So from time of recording, we're about two weeks out or rather about a week and a half out from that. Uh, and Newcastle, um, now, looking at a crammed fixture list as everybody else, um, the one question that seems to still be up in the air is where are these matches going to be played?
1: Um, have you heard any updates on that matter, Graham? I, I don't think it'll be at neutral venues. I think it'll just be um, normal in terms of that because otherwise it's it's just going to be too difficult and it's going to um, save some teams... Um, had to play at neutral grounds and the Premier League will just face an onslaught of of <laughs> basically clubs saying oh it's unfair on them because they're based in the city so for the likes of Newcastle and, and Liverpool, um where the stadium is pretty much in the in the city centre, um it's it's not fair to them. Um but by the looks of it it's gonna it there's not gonna be a change in that from what I've seen so far anyway.
0: Yeah, it was interesting that 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 idea was even being floated. As we've seen, you know, the Bundesliga restart a number of weeks ago, and and all those matches played in, uh, you know, in the home venues, as as you mentioned. But the one interesting thing to take uh, of the the kind of sample size that we've seen in the Bundesliga so far has been a very interesting trend of the visiting teams performing, uh, you know, better than statistically not possible but statistically expected um, you know based on traditional home in a way uh, data that we see in the league you, what what reasoning do you give for that Graham do you think it's this kind of like expectation versus reality for the for the home team you know expecting to walk out to these fans obviously not thinking they'll actually be there but kind of having that nature ingrained in them and then seeing nobody in the in the stadium? I think so. I think
1: you know it's it's gonna be difficult because um, it's gonna be seen as almost like a, a season friendly or a behind, well, just like a, a a friendly that you have like in a in a break um, where there's no fans at all and it's hard to get your your motivation going and your head going. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard for the players to kind of switch into that because they're expecting to come out to a, like a sea of black and white or whatever it might be and. And just the raw. Um, I think it's just it is going to be difficult for every single one of them to get their heads around that, um, because there's no doubt that like supporters will they they push the team, and without them, it's it's really really difficult for players to kind of switch on and and then just continue from there. So yeah, it's, it's... A... go ahead. Yeah, I think like I just I don't think there's going to be any advantage home or away, because it's just it's just going to be seen as neutral now, and it's it's uh, it's just going to be very strange and, and difficult for the for the players themselves.
0: Absolutely, I I think that in a way, kind of on the mental side of it, uh, you know, what advantages might be available. I think that being the away team, almost in my mind, could have an, its own advantage in the sense of you're still traveling to the match you're still going through a lot of the you know kind of pre game uh steps that you typically take when, when playing a, an away match in the premier league and so in that sense maybe there is some sort of kind of like uh, ability for these uh visiting players to to switch on as you mentioned as you know they're they're on the bus or they're traveling as they normally would and can be like all we right, right we're, we're going we're going to an away match we're going to st james's park whereas like you said the home the 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 process for for the home players might be quite a bit fragmented and different than it typically would be
1: definitely it's 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 going to be interesting to see if if the premier league um, teams kind of follow suit uh with the bundesliga whether home advantage is no longer there or it's going to be interesting but i think i think there's a few games in hand on wednesday that are going to be played i think man City's okay Yes, um, you're so at the Men
0: City's she- Men City Sheffield United, I believe. it's so, the and then there's one first other game, game, and
1: I think it's Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll 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 get a sort of an idea on Wednesday evening, I reckon, and then mm-hmm. um, we'll just see how it goes. But it's 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 like no one's ever been in this position before, and it's it's just really difficult. But in my point of view, I think um, we've come back a tad too early. But that's that's just my opinion. Um, I think Germany, it was right for them to kind of go ahead because they had less cases um, mm-hmm. than the UK. But but it's for me, it's just a tad too early. I I I reckon we should have waited until you know cases kind of started to drop and settle. But that's just me. I don't I don't make these things up. I don't decide things, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, one day, one
0: day. No, I, I agree. And that's something that's something we've talked about on this podcast in the past is kind of you, you can't really use a, a country with a, um, you know, with a outstanding public health system like Germany as your representative case of how things are going to go across the world. Because as we've seen in, in both the UK and America, um, you know, certain governments might not be as adept and as Knowledgeable on dealing with a dilemma like this, as the German government that is actually led by uh, a, a woman who has quite an extensive uh, health background herself. So, uh, another can of worms that maybe we don't need to go into because <laughs> I can rant and rave about my opinions on on these type of things for a while. But it will be interesting to see how this plays out, undoubtedly.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But we'll 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 find out Wednesday night, and then. We'll take it from there. Exactly. Yeah, all eyes
0: will will be upon the the citizens of of Manchester. Unfortunately. Uh, okay, so so turning our attention from the you know the greater EPL to Newcastle specifically, as I mentioned uh, last week, an article came out on coming home Newcastle. Shameless plug, uh, where each of us staff writers of uh, the SB Nation site shared what we view as our ideal. Formation for Newcastle to deploy when coming back from the break. Uh, really interesting article to read. I think that there was a lot of variety, which is kind of I think what we all wanted to see. Um, so Graham, I, I would love for for both of us to, to propose our respective formations and maybe have a little civil disagreement, as there there are a few there are a few on yours and I uh, I, I suppose a few on mine that you'll disagree with as well.
1: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll start with the, the formation I went for four two three one, because I think it offers a greater balance um, than any other one. Um, you'll probably disagree with that, <laughs> but I've gone um Debravka, Rose, Lascelles, Shaw, Manchillo, Hayden, Shelby, and Saint Maximum, Almeron, Lazaro, and then Carroll up top on his own. that's that's the one where people are going to go what Um, but in brackets in the article I put if he's ever fit Um, because I feel like big big F yeah I feel like he um, offers a lot more in that role than Joe Linton does he he can hold the ball up a lot better and bring the likes of Lazaro and Saint Maximum and, and Almiron into the game and It means obviously he'll get into the box a lot more than Joel Linton does, and we can pin crosses into him. And he's a great target man. He he always has been, even now with his niggly injuries. But I reckon, I reckon he to me he's he's our first choice striker.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild to say that uh, a player that we put on a. Uh, pay-as-you-play type format being our, our our number nine, essentially, even a local boy uh, like Andy Carroll. I, I think that you made a, a lot of good points there, and I think that there were kind of two ways in my mind to approach this, this, um, this task. It was either fit the players to the formation or fit the formation to the players, right? Uh, and so I kind of went with the latter option, and I, I put out a formation that I I likely know will not be employed by Newcastle. So it, it was a bit of a, you know, a fun practice exercise, but I went with uh, kind of this fluid five, three, two, that would be more of a three, five or three, four, three when attacking. So Dubravka, obviously uh, one of the best keepers in the premier league. Uh, but then Left to right in the five-man defense, Paul Dummett, who should be back from injury, uh, I, I think he provides that kind of defensive stability that um, we've, you know, we've always needed. Uh, Lascelles, Fernandez, and Char. I think Fernandez has been our best center back um, of the the four very very competent and solid center backs that we have at the moment. Um, Manquillo on the right, without a doubt. Uh, Yedlin has. Die, degre- or, uh, he's just kind of I'm Too early for vocabulary I, he, He's really taken a step back this season um, And then the midfield Three is where it gets weird for me ASM um, Maddie Longstaff and John Joe Shelby uh, um, As well as uh, um Marone Up top kind of off the shoulder Of Joe Linton and I think Joe Linton Is really the biggest question mark of uh that that kind of format that i said of do you play the player to the formation or the formation to the player um i myself am part of the camp that fully supports joe linton think that he does not deserve near the level of criticism that he has gotten from a lot of people so far this year as steve bruce has not at all played him in a position that he is used to playing and so i think that you know, if you look at Joe Linton's days with Hoffenheim, um, it's really about having that support and I think that if you can play uh Miggy off the shoulder of Joe Linton, that's where he would thrive.
1: Yeah, I think I think like you say, it's been a bit unfair. But it's just I don't I feel like sometimes he he does work hard but he's not getting into the box enough. And mm-hmm. as a striker that's it's mental, it's insane and I get, you know, he's not getting a, a great service well he hadn't been, but the, I think the last three, four games um, up until this um, pandemic, I, th- I thought we were starting to play quite well, quite fluid and and we were, he was getting a lot more service and I think that showed in the performances um, but for me, I'd still have Carroll up top, I don't know whether it's like a nostalgic thing um mm-hmm. but for me he's just he's he's so good in the air, good good with his feet and he holds it up so well. And I just think I think he'll be best placed up top on his own rather than yeah. drilling and nothing against the lad at all. But mm-hmm. that's my that's my kind of opinion i think it's a nostalgic thing
0: (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's that's completely fair and and to also kind of like play devil's advocate against myself in a way it really like all that all that newcastle needs to do is is guarantee survival right now and we all just want this season to end essentially right we just want this to be done done and dusted and i think that i think that where it becomes interesting with joe linton is what what's going to happen next season you know can we take this season where we've seen the issues that have arisen and then try to reformat that team to better incorporate him so in that sense i think that it's a fair a fair shout to just be like you know yeah. we know that he can't play up alone up top alone let's let's do what we've done all season with the 4231 play Andy Carroll get this over with and then kind of you know see how we can alter the team in in the summer months uh to to better incorporate a, a player of, of of his talent, which, you know, undoubtedly there is talent there.
1: Yeah, there, there is. He, def, he, he, he just needs that ideal strike partner mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of like chalk and cheese, I suppose. But there was this thing where I hate to mention his name on this podcast because... I hate his guts, to be honest. But there was that's this a whole feeling thing I know with, who you're going to mention <laughs> um, with Michael Owen and Emil Heskey, and they played up mm-hmm. top, and Owen loved it because he Heskey was kind of opposite to him, and it just worked so well, and they worked mm-hmm. in tandem, and and it was a great partnership, and I think Joel Linton kind of needs someone like that, who that is, God knows. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. <laughs> Put put your hand in the hat and pull out a name. I suppose uh, certainly not maybe. Yoshinori Muto.
1: Well, I was actually going to say maybe Muto, because he's... yeah, I
0: mean we we've seen almost none of him this season, so I suppose Seems it's not fair to. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that I mean like we we saw that fairly you know fairly well established with like Sisay and Ba during the Dream, 2011-2012 uh, season, where you know a strike partnership can can benefit both both strikers immensely uh and so i agree with you i think i think in a, in a funny way every newcastle fan any newcastle fan knows how how joe like what joe linton needs to succeed in a way but the question is do they you know do they do they implement it does does a manager who has openly said he doesn't believe in tactics uh, start believing
1: in tactics yeah um, um... I think I think he regrets saying that um, because yeah, that's always gonna that's always gonna bite him on the bum. Um, but I, d- I don't know. Um, it's it's basically the curious case of Jordan, and really, um, we, mm-hmm. God knows how to solve that issue. Um, but he needs more support, and I, I've said it from day dot that he needs more support. <laughs> um, yeah, and and. The, on the odd occasions that he has had it he's he's played a lot better and and that just shows um so I don't know maybe a change in formation go 442 next season and have someone really close by him but we we don't know what's gonna happen next year um, <laughs> who knows who knows but I I I I think he'll I think he'll come good, but it's all about getting the right system for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, as you kind of alluded to there, Joe Linton's uh, strike partner is the least of our uh, the least of our kind of focus points uh, at the moment when it comes to to next season in this state of newcastle united but um yeah so so going into those four fixtures that so far have been announced there will be three additional Premier league fixtures but the four that have been announced so far for newcastle coming in a, a 10-day window so uh, an interesting point that i'm gonna i want to touch on in a moment uh, is that congested fixture list it starts with sunday June 21st, Newcastle um, hosting Sheffield United. Uh, then on the following Wednesday, it's Newcastle playing Villa. Um, again on, on the upcoming Sunday, so third game in a week, uh, the big FA Cup matchup with uh, Manchester City. And then we wrap out this set of four uh, with a Wednesday uh, match against Bournemouth uh, so you know again congested congested fixture list and um, you know looking at those four fixtures Graham ha- ha- just kind of overall high level how do you think we'll perform in these matches
1: I think it's difficult to say if it was just normal um, every year kind of football I would say with, uh, with the run of form we are on I would say we we would perform pretty well within within those fixtures. I would have fancied us against City, um, with the crowd behind us, but now I'm a bit nervous about that. Um I reckon I reckon we'll beat Sheffield United and Villa. And I'm not sure about City. I think they'll probably upset us and and uh yeah well not upset us Oh upset me. And,
0: uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say that is a very bold claim. <laughs> um, uh, yeah,
1: I'd, I, I, am not sure. It's. I reckon we'll we'll pick up um, we'll pick up wins against Sheffield United and Villa. That's my bold claim.
0: Okay, and
1: have have problems against Bournemouth as well? You think? I think we'll draw, because okay. then that's, There's a lot of. There's a lot of um games in such a short space of time it's it's even worse than over the Christmas period. Um, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be tough for the players to cope. That's the same for every single club. Um, but I think they've bought in five substitutions now. I think that's confirmed so that helps a little bit, but not um it's It's still gonna be so difficult with injuries because that's yeah. gonna happen.
0: Well, so you you perfectly transitioned me into the next question I had, which is, you know, following this uh, about a hundred day break that we had, that was a, a very spontaneous break. It's important to note that I think it's one thing to have a planned, you know, uh, break like the C- Serie A does for the holiday period, for example, but it's different to just sh- like turn the switch off. Um, for this long, uh, how concerned are you about injuries? With four matches, ten days after an hundred day break, it seems like you know
1: the, the writing is on the wall that it's a perfect storm. I think you have to be, and I think Steve Bruce is well aware of it. But I think the the main concern is when you've had, you know, when the season ends and then you have that break. Players are still trying to keep fit, but then they have the preseason to kind of get them up to speed. This, I, we've had a few behind, you know, behind closed doors games and stuff, but it's it's not enough after that length of time out. And, it, you know, they've had individual kind of um, fitness plans, which is okay, but it's it's nowhere near enough to, to kind of get them up to speed. So I think probably the Sheffield United game we'll see A very kind of tired game come like the 60th minute or so the players will feel it Um, but injuries are are a huge concern especially muscle injuries so hamstrings you know calf muscles and um, and through the years Newcastle have been pretty notorious for that anyway so I'm very very nervous about it
0: uh, as as am I. Uh, m- memories of many many a limped non-contact injury past uh, haunt me to this day. Uh, I think that um, I mean you touch on a good point that a this is something that every club is dealing with. It's not as if we are in any certain disadvantage. The concern I have is, and this is not to you know harp on the the infamous Steve Bruce tactics comment, but I, I have noticed this season that there has been. There have been times where I I feel as though he has waited a bit late in matches to make a substitute, make an alteration, and um, not just tactically in terms of winning matches for for this upcoming period, but as you said, it's going to be very important to utilize all five of those substitutes in order to keep these players healthy for the remainder of the season. So to kind of tag along with that last question, is there anything about Newcastle's depth in terms of player personnel that concerns you, or do, do you think that we... Um, we have the additional players needed to to keep the team afloat
1: in a word no we don't um, yeah. I think our strongest position is centre back um, unless we're going to play Lejeune up top um, which he's uh, well do, capable do, of do, apparently
0: do, <laughs> do, do, do what Pochettino did in the Champions League last year and play our centre back on the left wing
1: <laughs> Just, We might. it might come to that God forbid I think, I, play, I think
0: playing, I think playing Shar, Shar in a more advanced, like I could see playing Fabian Shar at center defensive mid.
1: That's been talked about a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I think he would be suited to there. But I'd, it's, we, we we don't have enough depth at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, center mid is very light. Right back, what if Yedlin gets injured and Manke? Or what's going to happen then? Hayden will probably switch to right-back and then we're in a whole load of trouble. Um, oh, man. And, it, you know, we just light pretty much everywhere apart from mm-hmm. centre-back. Um, Gale, I worry for Gale um, mm-hmm. a lot. He struggled with hamstrings, ankle injuries, niggly little injuries that he can't help. Um, but with this break and... The strain on the muscles—it's gonna, it's gonna affect him. Same as Carol. Um, you know, they—they've had the time to get fit, but you know, with that counteracting that the break being so long, you know, it might see them get injured again. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. it's very frustrating because they're not up to speed. Um, yeah. and those those two players in particular they'll be far behind the rest of them. Um Yeah. You know, so it's difficult, it's difficult, but yeah, we, we don't have enough enough depth. Um I think I can only think of a couple of teams that actually do mm-hmm. to, to kinda of cope with this. So I'd probably put Man City in there and Chelsea. Or even go to Liverpool to be honest.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I think that right now you you are seeing the the benefit to having those deeper squads that that City and Chelsea have. Obviously, look it's not, not a not a coincidence when you have a billionaire backing you that you can have these deeper squads. However, nonetheless it, it does put them in an advantageous position. So transitioning it from uh, I guess, our, our worrisome lack of depth right now <laughs> to a potential lack of depth uh, once the season concludes. There there are four players currently on loan at Newcastle. Um, Danny Rose on loan from Tottenham. Uh, Valentino Lazaro on loan from Inter Milan. Uh, Jetra Willems on loan from, oh shoot, uh, Frankfurt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, God pulled that out, and Nabil uh on loan from uh, Schalke. Exactly, yeah. perfect, thank you. Um, so of those four players, uh, uh, you know, the season concludes, the loan period ends, typically a club always is going to want to look at potentially keeping a player, signing them to a permanent deal. Um, if you could pick one of those four players to sign to a permanent deal for, you know, going forward, who, who would you choose?
1: Willems, 100%. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um,
0: that. I thought that was a bit of a softball in American lingo. <laughs>
1: um, it's it's just um, I think I think he was superb up until his injury. He, he had that opening day palaver against Arsenal, but that wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, but since then, he's just kicked on and he's he's been brilliant. And I was gutted for him when he got the injury. Um, I think him and St Maximum had just started to form a really solid partnership down that left-hand side and I would bring him in in a heartbeat I've seen a video I think yesterday of him Mm -hmm. it looks like his uh, rehab's going pretty well Um, so I'd I'd get him in definitely Um, haven't seen enough of Lazaro at all Um, but i th- i think he's got the potential to be a very good player and the other two rows i like him but his head's not in it and yeah his head's not in it shall we say mm-hmm. and bentaleb i've i've said it before and i'll say it again i, d- I honestly don't see what he offers yeah is that harsh <laughs>
0: I think I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I assumed that it, it the the answer would be uh, for you would be between Lazaro and and Willem's, but I agree. Willem's has proven himself as a you know a, a Premier League grade uh, left back during that that brief stint that he's had at Newcastle. Uh, uh, also, uh, when when we signed him on loan, I was I was shocked because he is one of the perennial um links that we have that like has never actually happened, but we are linked with like the you know, I, I'd say he's the the left back version of Boss Dost who we were linked with every transfer window for what seemed like four seasons. So no, I, I think that Willems I, I mean for a position that we've perennially had issues with, um, I, I think that he's been one of the best left backs that Newcastle has seen, albeit for for a small period of time in a long while.
1: Definitely, I I like Dummett, but he's defensively minded, mm-hmm. and that's that's now against him. I, I I like him, but Willems is a, he's a lot more threat going forward, and he's quite decent defensively as well. So he's well balanced, and and I think he is the right choice to to take that number one spot in uh, in terms of left back position. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, I agree. If only we could have a uh, Jetra Williams on the right side as well um, as that as you mentioned, currently one of, one of our weaker positions uh, um, okay, so so wrapping up the the questions about Newcastle and you, you kind of touched about on this uh, before, but how do you see us finishing the season? Do you think that there do you have any concern of you know if if let's say we we lose both of our first two matches to Sheffield United and Villa... Any sort of issues getting dragged into a relegation fight, or would you would you put your confidence on Newcastle at this point? Um, you know, in, in, in the in the idea of we we're maybe not good enough to stay up, but there there are more than three teams that
1: are worse than us. I have supported Newcastle for twenty eight years, and I can safely say that I will never be confident. Um, purely because I know <laughs> us and I know that we like to put the fans through the ringer and I uh, we always make it difficult for ourselves <laughs> but I, I think that we'll be fine Bruce has done a good job in terms of points on the board performances not so um, but it's all about Getting points on the board anyway, so um, you know I I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, if we lose the first two games, and um, say Villa, you know Villa pick up um, a couple of wins yeah. and against us as well, um, I think it will get quite nervy. So mm-hmm. let's hope it doesn't get to that. I think I think the the fixtures are sort of friendly to us. Um, you know, Sheffield United have been amazing this season, and I I think that'll be a tough game. But Villa and Bournemouth, they they're both down there, and we have to win those games. Have to. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, the the quintessential late season six pointers they are with with both Villa and Bournemouth. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I, I think that.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably stay where we are. Hmm. That's yeah what I reckon. it's about thirty, place it's it's been
0: a it's been a very um like stoke city of twenty two thousand and seven to two thousand and twelve type season for us uh, just kind of once or twice dipping into the bottom three but just sitting so comfortably in thirteenth and riding that for a very long period of time and playing extremely unattractive football so um, but but again, Stoke City didn't get relegated for a very long time So if it works, it works
1: That's true um, But we don't have a Rory DeLapp for a long
0: time Oh, oh. Rory DeLapp <laughs> nor, nor do we have Crouchy Who is possibly my favourite striker My favourite English striker not named Alan Shearer in Premier League history Wow uh-huh. I love Peter Crouch have you ever listened to, quick aside have you ever listened to that Peter Crouch podcast I have it's a, it's brilliant
1: um, it's, no, it's I, amazing I, like him. I think um, he gets a lot of stick for his size and he was actually a very very good footballer so yeah um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him in a Newcastle shirt at some yeah. point One of
0: the, I, I feel like probably the most forgotten member of the a 100 goal club in the Premier League is possibly Peter Crouch
1: possibly yeah uh,
0: we should hey do a podcast on that <laughs> i i i love peter crouch. i would i would dream of having him on the podcast as a actually as the rocky mountain ambassador to the P- peter crouch podcast that i am <laughs> um uh with a certificate to prove it uh but but yes um <laughs> mid-2000s uh english strikers aside i agree with you i think that we'll you know we'll kind of skate to a mid-table finish and as i mentioned before right now it's just it's mainly for newcastle uh, above every other club just about finishing this season and seeing what happens in the time off
1: yeah it's it's like i said before it's going to be difficult for everyone and i don't think um we'll see games that are you know of premier league standard which sounds weird um because it's just we've never been in this position before I think the standard will drop because players will be unfit well not as fit as they should be and as time progresses they'll get very very tired and um and I think that'll have a major effect on the, the performance levels
0: undoubtedly I think nobody can reasonably expect to. A... A Premier League level, Premier League end to the season uh, right now. Um, To 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 play with words a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. We'll we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, the standard for sure will will drop because that's it's natural. It's
0: the the nature of the beast that we are currently living in, I suppose. Um, Okay, so so to kind of lift the microscope from Newcastle back to the. Uh, entirety of the Premier League um, a, as we know at the end of each season a number of awards are given out so at the beginning of the season um in in the i guess two two years that I I've, I've done the podcast uh yeah. myself and whoever my co-host is at that time have given predictions on uh who will win the the four or rather yeah four different awards uh, that are, are handed out every season. I guess you can't really predict goal of the season before the season begins. Um, although I would have predicted Fabian Cher scoring a, a wonder strike against Burnley um, if I could. Uh, but but yeah, so now, now that we're looking at uh, in, uh, just a handful of games remaining, I would love to run through who you, Graham, predict will be winning each of those awards based on what we've seen so far. And so to to make this a little more interesting, I wanted to break each award up into two uh, two options here. The the player that you think will win the award and and to 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 specify here the awards we're talking about are the young player of the season. Um so a player that started this season age 23 or younger. Uh, The player of the season, the manager of the season, and then goal of the season so far. Um, So if you... if Yeah, if we could go through each one and you tell me who you think will win the award, but then if there was somebody that you maybe in your heart no won't win the award but you you kind of wish they they would you think that they deserve it in some way i would love to hear your argument for for that secondary option as well so um i I have my answers as well so i'm not going to make you just go off the cuff with all these but um yeah let's let's start from the top here with the young player of the season so again player has to have started this season age 23 years or younger who do you think is going to win this one
1: i think it'll be alexander arnold to be honest um,
0: there's there's no re- there's no real other argument.
1: yes answer, I reckon. Um, he's ridiculous in terms of assists, and and he shows great maturity for for such a long yeah, a young lad. So I reckon he'll he'll get it he'll buy a landslide as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's the easiest one on there. I'm interested to see who you went with, with... The who you wish would maybe be in that conversation. There are a number of very promising young players in the Premier League. Who did you choose for that that other option?
1: I went for David Brooks at Bournemouth. Hmm, I like that. Okay, I think he's an outstanding talent. I think he's brilliant. Been brilliant this year, um, and then he got injured. Um, mm-hmm. But I, th- I think he's been absolutely sensational, and I would like to see him get it
0: okay david david brooks at bournemouth i'm just looking he is currently 22 years of age uh so absolutely you know one of those younger players uh adam is going to be so happy when he listens back it's to this podcast that you that you picked a welsh player but i mean you know, the, the wales national team does have a a number of promising youngsters uh um, currently plying their trade in the Premier League, I think that David Brooks is he has been one of the few bright spots for Barnet this season, so I like that shot a lot. Yeah. Um. So so for mine, I went with Ben Chilwell, Um. Another another young player. Uh, I think on a team that has wildly overperformed this season at Leicester. Um, Chilwell, a lot of people think will be that left back complement to. Uh, Alexander Arnold in the England team going forward and I think that he, um, especially as an academy product for Leicester um, I think he's shown a lot of improvement this season so maybe obviously Trent Alexander Arnold will win this award, I can put my money on that but I think that Chilwell would be in the the conversation for one of the most improved players over the course of this Premier League season
1: Yeah, that's a good show actually Um, I didn't realise he was that young Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well he he's been in the Leicester he's been in the Leicester first team since the since the title winning season, yeah, uh, which, a was, of years yeah. yeah which was f- I, I guess four or five seasons ago. Um, so I, again, an academy product. I in through throughout the time doing this podcast, I've not been I've not been shy with sharing my my infatuation with Leicester City as as my kind of fallback club in the Premier League, uh, but. <laughs> But I, I think that Chilwell has been very, very promising, and I, I think the England setup with him and Alexander Arnold playing wing back going forward is is very, very good. Um, you know, for years to come.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, yeah, that's a good show actually completely forgot about him but I'll stick with mine I'll stick with my <laughs>
0: again there are there are a number of promising young players uh even within Leicester I think Wilfred and is another one that I was thinking about selecting um yeah. he, he's of the age requirements as well but yeah. uh all right so so on from young player of the season to player of the season I, I have a suspicion that we mo- I feel like you might have battled with options here because I again I think there is one clear Obvious answer, so so who did you um, go with uh, for your two?
1: I went for Kevin De Bruyne as player yes. of the season. But I was torn between him and Shadio Marne, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I that, those are the two I put down as well, actually. I feel like Marne's very I don't I don't know if he's underrated maybe underappreciated
0: maybe slightly overshadowed would you think
1: yeah probably probably mm-hmm. that's a that's a better better termination for it um um but yeah i would i would i would probably say because he's just insane like insanely good like bonkers
0: <laughs> yeah i so so it's funny that like i I think any any reasonable person would pick De Bruyne. Eight, eight goals and sixteen assists in twenty six matches, which is, is ludicrous. Um, yeah, I, I think that De Bruyne is the standalone best player in the Premier League. He's, yeah. I, I, I think you could very 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 recently make an argument he's currently the best center midfielder in the entire world um, I, I think that his ball distribution uh, especially deep crossing I think that he has really shown um, from a deep line position that ability to, to put the ball in the box and I, I don't think in a very long time have I seen a player so good at um, putting in a cross that lands right at the top of the six yard box right where they, the keeper can't go <laughs>
1: Yeah, what I, what I like about him, which is kind of a weird thing I like about him, I suppose, but um, when he's been out for a while, his first game back, it's just like he's never left. He's never mm-hmm. been away from the team, and it, it that speak, speaks volumes. And he's just, he's just outstanding. And um, I bet Chelsea are sick.
0: <laughs> I hope Chelsea are sick. Uh, with, with him and Mohamed Salah both... as two two of the best players at their respective positions in the league. Um, No, I I think so. I think De Bruyne was the obvious answer, but I I agree. Mane with 14 goals and 9 assists in 26 matches, so um, accounting in one way or another for for 23 goals that have been scored this season, uh, just one behind the 24 that that De Bruyne is is credited for. Um, Yeah, I think that Mane has been of the the front three at liverpool with firmino and Salah, mane has been the best of the three um i think that yeah i have i've I've sung his praises for two or three seasons now and i've really really enjoyed watching him become a more complete player and really um yeah i think one of the best wingers that that we've seen
1: in in a long while he's really kicked on since he joined liverpool he was good at southampton but a little Mm -hmm. inconsistent I feel like he's found that consistency now, um, and I think I feel like um, Klopp has has been the make of it, making of him really um, match made in heaven because I think he just lets him go and like do your stuff basically. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I think I think he's I think he's a cracking player, and um, he holds the record of the quickest hat trick in Premier League history. Just putting that out there.
0: Oh, that's a that's a nice little fact for yeah, you. Yeah, he took like over that. from Robbie Fowler. Yeah. What was that? That was like because I remember this happening. Was it like eight minutes?
1: Yeah, yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Saturday Crazy. It's
0: it's a lot. Yeah, he he's electric. The pace he has, the ball control, the finishing, and it, honestly, for you know a player that is like very much so reigns free as a winger he does get back and and play defense so he is kind of that ideal person to have on the side of of the pitch um in in no way shape or form a chalk on his heels winger um a guy who really roams everywhere
1: yeah he's yeah he works hard for the team and and yeah i i would say if he doesn't win it this year he'll probably win it next year
0: yeah i like that shout um especially if Say De Bruyne leaves with you know the incoming a potential incoming Champions League ban that might fall upon Manchester City. We will see. Uh, um, uh, okay, so from the players to to the managers here, um, manager of the season. I think this one you, you could always make an argument for multiple people. Who who did you go with um, for this question?
1: I mean, I was gonna go for Steve Bruce, but. Uh... I decided against it because I thought that was just a bit on too, too, too uh, obvious. Of an too answer. obvious, yeah. So yeah. I went with the yeah. obvious choice of Jurgen Klopp. Mhm.
0: But,
1: yeah. yeah. But really, it should be Steve Bruce. <laughs> I think it's. So.
0: It's. Yeah, exactly. Steve Bruce, being you know <laughs> the legendary manager yeah. that he has been, the master
1: tactician. Um, but no. yeah, I think. Um, Mark. My kind of second shout, my proper second shout um, would have been um, Sean Dyche just because I like him so much and I think he works wonders at Birmingham like, Really? He's, he's just, Sean Dyche? He's just ridiculous Like he's um, I, I, I've met him once outside St James' Park and I, I said that he was the next England manager and then he just laughed at me uh, which was probably the right thing to do at the time <laughs> um but i think he's a cracking manager and i have a lot of respect for him um but yeah that is my yeah that's my second choice but really a Klopp. Klopp.
0: yeah uh, okay all right well um <laughs> i feel as though there might be some sort of physical bias uh with with choosing sean Dash for you um but, but no, I like it. I, I agree. He has done a cracking job with Burnley. And, uh, you know, the times that they have been questioned and he has been questioned, he has stood up and, and improved this club, which I think is something that you you really only see in the great managers. And I think that Sean Deitch is a perennially under, undervalued
1: manager. Yes. Like, he, he is ridiculously undervalued, underrated. um Maybe because he's a British manager. Shall I open that can of worms? <laughs> oh, I was sure. going to say because I, um, I was going
0: to say because you you and Sean Dyche sh- share a very very very, a, very bond. Uh, a, just, a bond of of facial hair and uh, yeah and everything. We, we just everything have
1: this alike. just have this romance going on. Apparently, um, I don't know why. I I just I just I just respect the man oh. a lot because. Mm-hmm of his press conferences, he doesn't hold back and I, I do like, like
0: that. that as well. I like that. I, I agree. He is a very yeah, he's he, he kind of wears wears his heart on his sleeve in a way. And I, I do respect that as well. I agree with you. Um, never the man for a political cop out answer, Sean Deitch.
1: Future <laughs> yeah, England
0: manager maybe. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, the you know it's it's never over until it's over. So for my obviously I think Jurgen Klopp will will walk away with this title as long as Liverpool somehow don't bottle it, which is that would be so funny. Season's not over yet, Um, but I I went with Chris Wilder as my uh, secondary Mm, option. Um, I think that every pretty much like the. Every person expected uh, Sheffield United to either be relegated or be in a relegation dogfight this season. You know, a team that spent almost no money going into uh, their their first year promoted back into the Premier League, and certainly the bookkeepers' favorite to uh, finish in twentieth position. Um, obviously. <laughs> Things have gone quite differently on the on the cusp of a European place is Sheffield United. Uh, I think that they no team has overperformed more than Sheffield United. And again, I am a pseudo Leicester fan, so um, you know could, I, I uh, think
1: that. Could you say Wolves in that though? I think, I, that though.
0: I, I think that's a, a decent shout, but I think that Wolves proved last year that they have the quality to to be competing. Um, and I think that they've kicked on accordingly. I think that no, nobody expected this to happen with Sheffield United, um, and so yeah, I think that Chris Wilder would be a good scout for that kind of silver medalist for
1: manager of the season. Yeah, nice fella too, really nice guy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I completely forgot about him as well. <laughs> <But> good <laughs> show, good show. I, I stick with uh, I stick with Klopp and Dyche though. So...
0: I like that. The cl- uh, Kloppendash would be best friends. I feel it's
1: as uh, sounds like a, a weird name for a pub.
0: A pub, yeah, <laughs> S- steeped steeped in history. Kloppendeich. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like that. Maybe yeah. we're onto something. Maybe, maybe. Why are we podcasting? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's, uh, let's get the pen and paper yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's let's God. buy the property. Um, yeah. Okay, so so goal of the season is our last category here, and this is where I think there there are uh, a a lot of different options, obviously. A lot of goals have been scored this Premier League season. So I'm interested to see what you went with for for your pick for goal of the season.
1: Can I have two?
0: Sure. Yeah, go for it. That's how we've done Mm. all the awards. Um,
1: Because they're from the same game. And um, Kevin De Bruyne against Newcastle, and then Shelby, Equalizer. Hmm. I love that. Although De Bruyne's was, like, it was better. But Shelby's was just pure class. Um, and yeah. I was there, and I did other words. Why on earth are you passing to Shelby? There <laughs> it is, the, the fateful final words. Yeah, and then I, I was like, oh, that's why, obviously. Mm-hmm. But De Bruyne's yeah. was insane, because he kind of, like, chested it down and him. Yeah, smashed it in, top bins off the crossbar the
0: the technique on De was something unimaginably perfect uh you know the the chesting it down but also volleying it with his entire body off the ground kind of doing this scissor kick and then hitting it directly at Martin Dubravka but so hard that he could only get fingertips to put it off the bar um yeah I think that that's that's one of those goals that you watch and even though it's scored against obviously our you know the club we support you you cannot help but just appreciate the 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 technique of it
1: I'll be honest I clapped him yeah
0: um yeah, yeah it's, it's one I of cuz I was just like
1: um I actually said don't let him shoot and as I was saying shoot I got halfway through shoot I was like don't let him shoot and um, and then it was in so um, and then I just had to kind of applaud him because it was just ridiculous um, but you know yeah it it, it was a great goal mm-hmm. yeah but
0: yeah i i think I think that i that that was that was the the goal that I was thinking of choosing, but i had to I had to go to the player that is probably my favorite player in the Premier League, certainly my favorite player who doesn't wear a Newcastle shirt, Hyung min son. Uh-huh. against Burnley his full field run against Burnley I think was my my pick for non-Kevin De Bruyne goal of the season um I I think that you know taking it from the top of his own uh 18 yard box especially so late in the game um when most players were were pretty gassed and and just doing that dizzying solo run that he did um I think it was in it was in a way like it was it was the hot and Ben Arfa goal, but with three other elements added to it, um, and and I just love I love Hyung and Son so much, uh, so I think that that goal really because uh, because you can kind of go with like either the cracker or the solo run. I think is always the case, and that that fulfills the the latter category for me. I, I can I tell think, that you disagree though.
1: Yeah, I think I was the only person that didn't. Kind of appreciate that goal. <laughs> Interesting. For what <laughs> reason? Because there was no challenge made at all. So he just kind of ran and then stood the ball, and that was it. Oh, um, I disagree. There were there were two or three nah, Burnley defenders who came out. Of- they were just like half-hearted attempts to get the get the ball, and it yeah yeah. Maybe I'm just being ultra harsh, but I don't. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Son, unfortunately. <laughs> <gasps> Oh, my God. I'm not... I don't know... Everyone says he's, like, a really nice bloke and whatever, and then... He's just, he's not... He might be in, like, like, personal life or whatever, but not on the pitch. He's not... He's not... He, I remember him pushing someone against Bournemouth. Maybe not last year or the season before. Just sort like, Red Mist descended, and then he got sent off. And then there was a challenge against uh, Gomez. I just... The nah.
0: challenge against Gomez, I will defend him. There, the nah. challenge against Gomez was not his fault. That was he knew not, what he was like, doing. He knew what he was oh, doing because oh, there couldn't. was
1: a, a there was a scuffle before that, and then he chased after him and just tapped him down. Probably didn't mean to break his ankle in like three places, but he meant to hurt him for sure. My my dear dear young man, son. I, I know that because I was like that on the football pitch. Ah,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> When when you were growing up in the uh, in the German youth ranks, that's that's how you were. Uh, that's how you played your football as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was I was like the the, the Joey Barton kind of Ooh.
0: figure. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Red, Red mist not only descended but never lifted from Joey Barton. <laughs> yeah, it was just always there. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, uh, yeah okay, no, not a huge fan. Sorry.
0: Wow wow okay we 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 see a dividing line between you and i here uh but that's fair (laughs) enough um okay yeah i think though in in terms of pure strike De brun is 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 the the standalone favorite um for for goal of the season Mm -hmm. so we'll see if he comes home with with two different awards in the uh postseason ceremony as he almost undoubtedly will win player of the season um uh yeah i i think so as well uh there yes. was a lot of
1: talk about Jordan Henderson getting it, and I just want to say he does not deserve it. Ooh, okay. You, is that is that for any, any Sunderland based reasoning? He, yeah, he is a Malcolm to start off with, and to be honest, I don't think he's all that great. I
0: like Jordan Henderson quite a bit. I think he's I think... very overrated. He He's definitely, you know, he, he would not be anything near what he is without the, the Liverpool system that he operates in but I think he's I think he's one of the better centre-backs for, or er, excuse me, centre-midfielders for England at the moment
1: Nah, not having it. Sorry, yeah, I, right. would, I, would, I right. would not even pick him in the England squad Th-
0: That This is why I need to have a Newcastle native on the podcast is to provide that that, yeah. that disdain for anything anything I'm
1: yeah, <laughs> sure he's a nice fella and all Box. Nah, yeah. not for me <laughs> sorry it was, it was sorry jordan the of the
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah friend of the pot friend of the pot jordan henderson yeah. uh, well,
1: not anymore <laughs> apparently
0: <laughs> <laughs> um okay no I, I agree with you though I, I think that 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 goal is just outside the the top tier of the ones that might be considered um for for goal of the season so far uh, um okay great well from, from there, we will go into 10 and 90. So um, 10 and 90, the, the cornerstone foundation of this podcast. My, my greatest creation is 10 and 90. Um, uh, so as, as folks know, five rapid fire questions presented by each uh, of us between Graham and myself. Uh, and so, Graham, would you like to go first or second with your questions?
1: Second, please.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm getting a certain energy from you, so I will I will allow you to, to, to go in the latter half of, of the segment here. So, all right, five rapid-fire questions to close out the podcast. Um, I went with mainly hypotheticals, as I typically do, with one uh, statistic question uh, mixed in there. But, yeah, without further ado, we'll start from the top. So question number one for you, Graham. If the sale of Newcastle goes through and the club can buy any player in the world, who would you choose?
1: Um, good question. Good question. Um, Messi.
0: Just, just there that, you go. That's a, a reasonable answer, I would say. Yeah,
1: just if he you know, wanted to, to see the lovely landscape in your castle, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, yeah, if you are Barcelona were, they, they, or Newcastle, I mean, there's no debate. It's not even a question. Yeah,
0: Newcastle also has beaches,
1: so that's the there's entire argument. Really nice beaches, I may add. So if you're listening, London, get yourself a <laughs> <laughs>
0: future friend of the friend pod, Lionel Messi. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: okay i i think that's a very fair uh answer um okay (laughs) i don't think you're gonna like this question uh question number two graham would you rather have to go to every sunderland home match next season or have the takeover drama draw out an entire year from now
1: oh definitely takeover drama i i just couldn't i couldn't yeah I couldn't stomach it. And yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't I tell you what, right? My um my brother-in-law got me a um for my stag do. I'm digressing a bit. Mm-hmm. A Sunderland top and apparently I had to wear it. The other alternative was basically going half naked and I chose the second option.
0: Love it. I love that. The commitment to the cause.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just... No. Just... Can't... Nah. Just no. I just, there's no words. I just... I okay. Just Just no. Just I I, no.
0: I apologize for putting a pit in your stomach uh, yeah. right before it's you just start the as, worst day.
1: As, as as um, excruciatingly painful as the takeover situation is. I would take that every day of the week over going to a Sunderland game, unless it was us battering them.
0: Yes, which yeah. unfortunately we haven't done a lot as of recently. But uh, well, um,
1: had the opportunity to ooh
0: burn. I, sorry. I, I, <laughs> I threw I threw you the alley oop, and you slammed it in the hoop. So that sorry. was that was exactly what I wanted. Um, <laughs> All right, nice. I, I like that. I like that that vitriol in, in yeah. your answer there. Um, okay, so question number three. This is the one statistic question I have. Um, how many goals does Timo Werner have in his one hundred and fifty-five appearances for RB Leipzig? One hundred and fifty-five appearances. How many goals?
1: Wow, I have no idea. Um... And
0: I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you. I'll give you a margin of five on either side. How many appearances did you say? 155 appearances.
1: 76. Unfortunately,
0: you are just below the threshold. He has scored 92 goals in his 155 <gasps> appearances.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so a very, wow. f- very impressive return um, during his his time there. Um, wow. Unfortunately, will be plying his trade uh, for Chelsea next season. So... Um, yeah, Timo Werner, a very, very, very good club striker.
1: Yeah. wow, well, I didn't realize it was that much. But there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, I learn something new every day. Perfect. I love that attitude. Um, okay. Uh, so, so
0: wrapping up here, two more. Uh, question number four. If If you could, if the sale went through and you could keep one current Newcastle player other than Martin Dubravka or Alan St. Maximin, who would you keep? Because those are the easiest and most obvious two answers. So I want to challenge you
1: here. <sighs> um, I would say... I can't believe you said Alan St. Maximin. He's my bro as well. Um, anyway, um, I would say Jamal health. Interesting. Just because I I love the bloke and he is ridiculously good looking and
0: great point. I obviously
1: don't. I I don't swing that way. Obviously, but um, he's 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 got everything, and I think he should be in the England squad. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: Mm, That's. That's an interesting interesting By statement fall. to make. Sorry,
1: but if Michael King can get into the England squad, Michael oh, yeah. can get into the England squad, which means yeah. Jamal oh, LaSalle should be like head and that's shoulders cool. above
0: everyone. I, I think that, that is a very fair point. Um, I, I agree with that entirely. Thanks. Jamal LaSalle, okay. Jamal Cells maintaining the captain's yeah. armband, it sounds like. Um, okay, a fifth and final question. Uh, in a modern-day English Premier League season, with the way the game has you know developed over time, how many goals do you think Alan Shearer could score?
1: Over a season? Mm-hmm. I would probably say 25 to 30, mm. to be honest yeah. with you. Because yeah. I think defenders are a lot softer, and they just bully, bully them. You mm. might get carded a lot more um but yeah i think he would just run riot to be honest with you because he like had that. like he had defenders like desai mm-hmm. and terry Ferdinand, like mm-hmm. Keon, like amazing defenders um so yeah and now i don't think the standard of defending is as high because mm-hmm. everyone's too namby-pamby and rolly aroundy <laughs>
0: Well, well put, my friend. Well put. Uh, yeah, I, 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 think that's a good chat. I think his physical, his physical uh, ability and strength would would certainly would certainly play to his extreme advantage. Watching him and Van Dyke battle would be a good one, though. That would be that would be a great battle to see. Van Dyke is one of the few center backs who still still has that kind of that muscle.
1: Yeah, he would lose. Chiro there it with, is. Hands down. There it is. Sorry. Yeah, s-
0: still
1: no contest um but yeah I, I think he would run riot to be honest with you and right. i reckon he could still score a few now
0: yeah and yeah because obviously the the context of the question was in his you know in his playing days but i like that i like that shout
1: actually i would uh, Bring him out of retirement for the final few games of the season.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. That's a that's a fantastic shout.
1: Yeah. Why not? Exactly. And he would become yeah. the oldest scorer in Premier League history. It is. There it you go, is. Alan. Come on, get
0: your boots back. Man. When it when it happens, we 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 have to know that this is where the idea originated from. Is this yeah. podcast episode?
1: Of course. Yeah. Jeez, um, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's my goal now, isn't it? It is. Yes. Um, are you are you ready for this? Because they oh, are. I'm ready for, for
0: this this uh, this barrage of, of questions.
1: Would you? No, actually, not that one. Yeah. Um, what would you do if you saw Mike actually walking down the street? And I you can do? be as violent as you want. There's no police around here
0: there's no place around here um Mm
1: -hmm. no i i
0: i i i think i would i think i would just ask him like what like do you understand how big of an opportunity you squandered like Mm -hmm. i i would love to know just can he comprehend how poorly and and how how poorly he you know I guess, managed the club, it wouldn't be the right word, but how poorly he ran the club. But not only that, but just like everything was in place for for the club to, to, to grow and develop and he just prevented all that and I just, I'd love to know why.
1: Wow, reasonable. I like it. Yeah, but there so, it is. Yeah, I'm a lot more childish. <laughs> um, okay. Um, simple question, but with a tough answer. Well, not for me, but... You know, for everyone else, it seems Messi or Ronaldo. Messi. Okay. Yeah. Same. There you go, everyone. Mm-hmm. Messi is the the god. Yeah. Um. He is he is god. Anyway. Um. Let's move on from that. Um. Would you rather? Would you? Um. Yeah. This is a good one, actually. Would you rather have? Joe Kinnear as director of football, or Dennis Wise.
0: <laughs> that is that is a really good one. Wow, you you pulled that one out of your hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, I'd rather have Joe Kinnear because at least I know how to prepare myself for the incredible wow. ineptitude um and, wow. and yeah i just i can't stand dennis wise that that nice. man boils my blood
1: i'm so sure you were gonna go for dennis wise well there we go now
0: cool. i think that joe joe Kinnear is he, he he knows nothing about football but he doesn't seem like i, I don't have the distaste from that i have for for dennis wise hmm.
1: nice. okay if you could bring one former Newcastle player back to the club not including Alan Shearer or Ben Arthur who would it be? Mm.
0: Those are good exclusions Um, I mean so sentimental answer would be Jonas Gutierrez my my favorite player who's ever won a Newcastle kit that being said, I even as a, a leading member of the Gutierrez fan club, I, I would not say that he has been the the quote unquote best player who's ever played for Newcastle. Um, so let's see if I could bring one player back. Um, you know I think I think considering the current you know lack of uh, I think outstanding quality in in the in the center of midfield that newcastle has had um i i i loved johan kabai i thought that kabai was one of the best midfielders i've ever seen wear a newcastle jersey if not the best center midfielder i've seen in my i guess 12 to 13 years um you know following the club so Kabay is definitely that's definitely one of my one of my top shouts i, I would say yeah
1: i like Kabay. good answer, good answer. wow yeah I would have gone Paul Gascon or Gary Speed. So
0: th- it you know, very, very reasonable, but a bit yeah. before my time. I've yeah. only only heard the legends.
1: Oh. Um, okay, final question, isn't it? It is. Ooh. Okay. <sighs> okay. This is, um... This is, like, uh... This is quite a tough question. Um... Who would you prefer... To have um, actually no, no. I'm scrapping that question. I'm going wow. for. I'm going for one now. Who would you have round for your dinner? Um, like from the Newcastle United squad, you can choose four players from the current squad. From the current squad. Um,
0: okay, all right. Language barriers aside, let's say we okay. all we all speak a common common tongue. Um, uh, a, a, Saint Maximin would have to be there because he would be the life of the chip. party. I mean, no doubt that's an, that's an easy, gimme answer. Um, let's see. I think I would have. I think I would have Fabian Shar. Because I really like him, and I think he would bring a very nice like gift for. Da- I like. I feel like Fabian Char would bring a very thoughtful. Um, I think you bring like a
1: block of Swiss cheese or something,
0: and that's perfect. A I'm butter. a huge cheese lover, so that is mm. ideal. That is the ideal situation to find myself in. Um, from there, ooh, two more players. Uh, I think Yedlin as an american Mm -hmm. um i I would go with yedlin he seems like a fantastically nice bloke as well um so i would bring yedlin i'd have him bring his dog because he has a very cute massive dog um and then for the fourth player who would i bring who do i think would be an entertaining party guest um oh damn this one's this one's a tricky one isn't it uh for number four, I would bring Debravka. Maybe, uh, nice. maybe another center back. Maybe Lascelles. Lascelles, wow. I, I think yeah, it would be a nice, nice guy to have around. Um, but wow. yeah, let's let's go with Jamal Lascelles. Let's go with the club captain. Oh,
1: interesting options. See, yeah. I would have uh, just because I would I would like to have a bit of a mental dinner. I would have gone for Matt Ritchie. And, uh, oh, John Joe Shelby, I totally,
0: totally forgot Andy about
1: Ritchie. And then maybe Paul Dummett. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like Paul okay. Dummett would... I don't know why this has come into my head, but I feel like Paul Dummett would bring a triangle and play it. <laughs>
0: I think that's exactly right, and now I feel embarrassed that I <laughs> that I left him out of my my, my starting four. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt Ritchie is a great chat that I totally forgot about Ritchie him having been absent for quite a decent period of time. But yeah, he and... would, uh, I would, I would, I would, I would hand Matt Ritchie a number of a number of drinks and just see what happens.
1: Yeah, and he would slap you on the head for making Cap- a good carbon armor. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that would be I would never wash that part of my head if, if I got slapped by Matt Ritchie yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. like
0: that uh, that's a great question because the, the one dinner guest is you know the classic but four yeah. makes it a lot more interesting
1: yeah. yeah Um. but yeah those would be mindful because you know everyone loves a wild night in
0: yeah I, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that I'm a, I'm a big fan I think we need to combine parties yeah
1: yeah yeah have a street party or
0: something i uh, have a block party a nice barbecue but maybe, socially
1: maybe distant go. street party
0: <laughs> mind you mind you um <laughs> no, no slaps to the head quite yet <laughs> no no you can air slap your head exactly it'll still you'll still feel the power of, and you'll, of you'll just wrenching. not wash your aura throat mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly it'll just like it'll yeah it'll just I don't know, palpitate for, for a week long. Yeah, um, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, Graham therein concludes uh, the forty fifth episode of the False Nines. Thank you so much for uh, for for coming on today. This was uh, really really enjoyable. Thanks for having me.
1: It's been been a pleasure. And you know, next time, uh, Adam Skives, just uh, just give us oh. a ring
0: i'll just i mean even when adam's back why you know why 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 go back to something that is now out of fashion i don't know just, who wants to go to like normality normal is boring normal is boring exactly I mean, <laughs> exactly it's uh also wonderful
1: <laughs>
0: all right graham well thanks for coming on and i'll uh i'll speak with you later have a good one you too thank you yeah cheers